What's going on in here? Well, I told you, we're remodeling closets. I knew this was going to happen eventually, but not so soon. Come on, it's a new year, time to start over. Plus, we need more room for all your nasty construction boots. Uh, you mean stiletto heels? Whatever, they take up a lot of space, Imelda. So what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet? Well, um, we're gonna have more student voice, regular guest editorials. What about the music and the insightful investigative reporting? Um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, thank my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. Good day. Hello. Good day. Hello, Gabe. Hello. It's the 7th of November. Oh, welcome. Greetings. Hello. How are things? You just landed today. Oh, yesterday. I came in yesterday, yesterday. and uh, had an exciting uh, few days. Uh, I I was on a flight with a with a gay male flight attendant, and uh, and I know that might seem surprising, <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's kind of fun to uh, it's kind of fun to work with family. You know, that's right. That's right. You know? And uh, we were, I was just up on the, uh, I was up in the flight deck with the captain and he uh, was, he was chatting with me and he made some kind of comment and he said, yeah, well, you know, the flight attendant's gay. And did I, he know, did your co-pilot say, no. and, and then I said, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I am too. And he said, you are? That's cool. Okay, great. So, uh, and did he run away? No, no, he, <laughs> he was, he was perfectly okay with it. Um, he was, he was a funny character. So, uh, so we all had fun while we were doing stuff together. We just kind of, you know, just more fun stuff. It's Very just, cool. It's just nice to be, um, out with people. Out, uh. you know, <laughs> out, out with, out, out with people. That's right. You know, so that was kind of cool. And I did that. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, also, um, I don't know if you uh, listen to NPR. Uh, are you and, kidding me? I love oh, NPR. Saturday, <laughs> did you hear this past Saturday on the uh, on weekend, edition? weekend edition Saturday <laughs> program? They have a weekend edition Saturday, weekend edition Sunday. And on the program, um, they interviewed Leonard Nimoy of Mr. Spock fame, who has a new book out. And the book is called Full Body Project. Mm -hmm. And I mention this because he mentioned a famous Ann Arbor person, Heather McAllister. Oh, Heather. Heather McAllister. And, uh, She's she, great in our community. She's she was. Triangle, she recently passed she, away, right? That's right. She died uh, February 13th of ovarian cancer this year. And she was an advocate for transgendered and large-sized people. And uh, did a lot of work with the right with the uh, Triangle Foundation, and she was the founder and artistic director of Big Burlesque and the Fat, uh, Fat Bottom Review, uh, which is the first burlesque act exclusively featuring large sized women. That's amazing, you know. And and that that Nimoy book is it's a book of photography, right? It's brand new. Yeah, pick. Uh, it's it's all about. Because uh, he's gotten into photography in the past several years, and that's that's sort of his thing now. And he's uh, released this book, um, just of pictures of of uh, of large, large bodied women. And, and yeah. I, I think it's just a women, yeah. So uh, it's brand new, hot off the press, and uh, we're going to talk later 
uh, with uh, Keith mm-hmm, from Common and, Language and yeah. about books and, and we're going to talk about books and some on. other things so we'll talk a little bit about that book perhaps um, I don't think he's even had a chance to review it it's just been so new and so exciting that's so. really exciting though it's always really I love sort of even an NPR when they say like it's national NPR and mm-hmm. they say from Ann Arbor Michigan yeah. and I'm yeah. always like <gasps> my, well, my, my, my ears perked because I I, uh, I knew of Heather and uh, and then of course Ann Arbor so that's kind of cool that's really great. Well, good, good. So, um, you know, I was in Lansing yesterday. Mm. <clears throat> um, it was freezing. Well, it was just really cold. Yeah. It was both chilly for temperature, and it was it felt chilly to my Any, soul. Anything not <laughs> a, anything not summertime is cold to me. Right. <laughs> but were you getting an emotional chill too? I was. Well, you know, I was at um, I was at the Hall of Justice. Mm. I know it sounds so foreboding. Yeah. <clears throat> and. Um, we were um, myself and some colleagues and a lot of other people, a lot of the, uh, a lot of our friends and listeners to the show actually were there um, at, to hear the oral arguments in front of the Supreme mm-hmm. Court, um, Pride at Work versus Granholm, you know, about the domestic partner benefits, mm-hmm. and it was very interesting. I have never been to um, to see that sort of court hearing before. It was really I couldn't decide whether I was really bored by it or really excited and intrigued by it. It's very, it's very um, structured, isn't it? it, well, any, it any type of proceeding like that is, is very organized, and there are a lot of rules that have to be followed as far as the way you know, ideas are presented and arguments are presented. Exactly. And, and it's so interesting because it's so adversarial, so the, the, the justices just shoot questions off to the lawyers, and, and the attorneys, the counsels, they have to know, like, they have to be on their feet. It's mm-hmm. really... Really intimidating. Did we win or lose? Um, unclear. <laughs> I felt like it went well, though. You know, I was talking to some people afterwards, and they were, they, f- and and they felt and that because both um, our side and their side, I suppose, you know, uh, the attorney general side and then national private work side, they were both questioned with equal sort of fervor, um, mm-hmm. you know, by Republican justices. So I feel. I don't Do know. you feel like it was f- uh, fair? It was a fair presentation? I think so. Yeah, I think it was a fair presentation. Okay. Um, so, and, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I'm, I'm not a, a lawyer like mm-hmm. Star Jones. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I felt not downtrodden, at least. Hmm. So. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Lansing, uh, you know, that's the state capital here in Michigan, and uh, a lot of <laughs> official stuff happens. There. Well, and you know, it's just a really, you know, it's just a really big time for LGBT rights right now. Enda's being heard on the floor right now. The Employment Non Discrimination Act is being heard on the floor um, of um, the House of Representatives right now. So, and I don't know if did you read that HRC um, is backing the non trans inclusive Enda. I've not read that just yet. Yes. So um, it's very interesting. It's on C-SPAN. Um, so we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. It sounds terrific. It sounds... I don't know if it sounds terrific, but it sounds... <laughs> it sounds... Um, it sounds nerve-wracking. A lot of anxiety around it. So we'll see. So that's gay politics for the day, I suppose, wow. right? Yeah, we'll have to come into more uh, detail on that. That's right. So we're joined by... Keith from Common Language and Outbar. Hello, Keith. Good evening. <laughs> and um, Keith, you know, you heard us talk a little bit about the um, 
the new Leonard Nimoy book, right? Uh-huh. Yep. You haven't even got a chance to see it. I have not, though. I do know it's in the store. Um, it was very funny to... Um, uh, when I ordered the book, you know, months ago, there was a little blurb and I was uncertain whether or not to get it. You know, Leonard Nimoy, it's like, I'm assuming that's going to have some straight focus, but I figured, you know, this, from what I read about it, it looked like it was, you know, a size positive, um, uh, project. And I thought, well, all right, well, we'll bring a copy in. And, uh, so it was a big surprise to me when I was listening to the same show, uh, you were on Saturday morning and I'm sort of lying in bed, waking up to the morning edition and I hear Leonard Nimoy and talking about the book and it's like, this sounds familiar to me. I think it's so great. Yeah. And yeah. then suddenly says Heather McAllister. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is amazing. And it was great because as he talked about it, he was essentially talking about Heather's message. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was not, you know, um, a purient thing of any sort. It, it was, you know, really he had, um, and I, I read online somehow the story of how he came across these folks and he just decided, you know, this is um, something special going on and um, uh, and and started this photography project and totally um, accepting the message. It was just amazing. Um, he, he quoted her um, when it, he said, I was really changed when I was talking to this woman and she said to me, anytime a fat person is on stage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and is not the butt of the joke, it is a subversive action. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was interesting. And that, right, that was, that is... Heather's message, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's excellent. One of many. <laughs> One of many. Do you, that's do you, right. Do you think that is the gay culture all about bony thin, bony thin or muscly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, it's if if we were to, you know, it's funny because um, I uh, have this issue of this gay magazine at home called Instinct, and they're celebrating like a tenth anniversary or something, and they they publish little tiny pictures of all their covers, and it was ye- it was I was fifty covers in before I saw a person of color or a person who wasn't like shirtless and rippled, right? Mm. So yeah, I think I think there is so much to say about like the images that um, that are communicated. Are you saying that the earlier issues of Instinct didn't show uh, and wasn't as physique focused? No, no, they were incredibly physique focused. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, we often look at all you know. Sometimes we'll do this thing where we look at all the covers of the Advocate. And see, like, oh, how many people of color are on here, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very rarely that there's ever someone who is of limited ability, right, or someone of size. So, so a person like me who happens to be a person of color and a person of size, like, will I ever be? Will someone who looks like me ever be on a magazine cover? I don't know. Hmm. What about in uh, book production, Keith? Can you can when when I mean, you know. Uh, they well, sell books a lot by by covers, right? I mean, we're not supposed oh. to, but a lot of cover, a lot of design and care goes into a cover. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of a book. In fact, it's a it's a good question because um, uh, in some ways, you know, some there have been some very positive um, changes in, uh, culturally within our culture, you know, and some of it may have to do with. Um, uh, you know, specific sexual interests, i.e., you know, the bear movement mm-hmm. and this sort of thing. But nonetheless, as a result of it, there is, um, I think, a larger um, recognition of reality in terms of body types and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't transferred, like you say, to the marketing. Right. Um, you know, Lev Raphael, who is um, uh, 
you know, the the guy's um, message in his books is um, so incredibly about acceptance of wide varieties of people and everything. And um, and even he was kind of thrilled when his last book come, came out. And, you know, he has nothing to do with the cover. And it had this hot guy um, oh next gosh. to a pool on it. He's like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to sell some books. <laughs> <laughs> and and well, all the magazines we see, yeah. uh, well, many magazines we see, certainly anything that have to, has to do with fitness, right? They've all got, uh, if we talk about men's magazines, they all have men with uh Ripple dabs, and there's always a little section in, in every magazine. It says, "Flatten that tummy now, or lose 20 pounds uh-huh. by Christmas." 15 ways, or to, yeah, yeah, 15 ways, to, uh, 15 new ways to do sit-ups. I mean, give me, come on. I mean, how many ways can you do a sit-up? And it can't be any. It's it's probably just as worse, if not just as bad, if not worse, for women in the community too. It's always so. If we look at every curve wi- magazine, every every women's magazine has the same. Only you could use this. You could actually just interchange. The, the, the taglines on the cover about lose your weight, and it's always about losing weight. You mm-hmm. never you never see anything in magazines about gaining weight, right. do you? <laughs> I, but maybe maybe the 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 uh, uh, fat bottom review might might have a production like that. Um, but it's always about slimming down. It's always about uh, getting more muscular. It's always about trying to impress other people. Mm-hmm. And you never, you never see articles in, in men's fitness, or at least advertised on the cover, about how to, de- how to be a nicer person, how to develop your personality, <laughs> how, to, how to share, how to, how to be more sharing with, with emotion, you know, anything like that, right? Why, right. Don't, why don't we see that? Why are we so physical-focused? You know, maybe it is the marketing thing, but you know, part of it is like, so is it who are we to blame? The marketers or ourselves, right? Is it the people who buy or is it the people who produce? Yeah. You know, is it supply or is it demand? So it's interesting. We'll see. Yeah. I think this There's, is a whole other topic, right? It could be. Probably <laughs> so. In fact, there was an entire conference a year ago here on UM. Uh, campus about it, the Against Health mm-hmm, Conference, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Marilyn Wan was in, who wrote the book Fat So, um, to talk about you know and the incredible um, uh, misinformation about what it means to be overweight. I mean, our, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, our society makes such incredible judgments, and you know how ironic that a um, an entire class of society gays and lesbians who um under uh, who should more than anyone else understand how important it is to not be prejudged by society Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and we're as judgmental as anyone about that wow well maybe we should revisit this we should totally revisit this (laughs) i think dan would love to talk with this too right yeah Yeah. he has a few things to say right (laughs) and it could get christy back as a Uh guest on that one since she's so involved with the uh no lose um, group. Mm-hmm. So. so, Keith, tell us about uh, the fundraisers coming. Oh, yes. Um, in fact, uh, the main reason I'm here. <laughs> we have uh, Martin and I have uh, started a uh, fundraiser. This is its fourth year. We call it an Ann Arbor wine cellar, mm. and uh, it started cellar like as in where you keep wine, or exactly. cellar as in where one sells. Okay, exactly. Okay. And the concept is that somebody, um, one lucky winner, gets to um, go home with an instant wine cellar. So where's the cellar wow. come from? A- um, it started four years ago. We we did this just as a raffle as part of uh, Hark's annual dinner event, uh, dining for dollars. 
And uh, at that event, we got about 60 bottles donated by people from around the state. Wow. And each person just donated one bottle, autographed it, and told a little bit about why oh. they gave that bottle. And so, you know, we um, get everything from the governor. This is her fourth year giving a bottle. Um, and uh, uh, so we have lots of politicians involved. Um, we have uh, uh, sommeliers and um, wine collectors. We have restaurant people. We have arts people, entertainment people. That is excellent. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And the most fun part about it is um, is the stories that go with them. Uh -huh. um, so, for instance, Eve, the first year she gave, gave us this bottle. Um, and uh, the short version of the story was she said, this is, um, when I was in culinary school in Paris, this was, we went out to this vineyard and, you know, tasted it and learned all about it. And this was the wine that made me fall in love with wine. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, great stories like that. Other people telling about, you know, their honeymoon and they went to this vineyard or, or went to Tuscany. So they're giving a Tuscan wine, even if it isn't specific to sure. um, the thing. Some people just do things that, uh, um, where the label speaks to them, you know, uh -huh. every year, of course, Sandy and Linda give us a bottle of Trillium wine. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Joe Taboni from over at WEMU gives us a, a, a bottle of Fat Bastard. <laughs> That's so, what I was going to give this year. Oh. <laughs> well, he, he hasn't decided on this year's yet. He, he's, we've been harassing him. But um, so if you have a if you have a nice bottle of wine, let's just say you have a bottle of wine that's from the governor. Uh -huh. When do you open it? Do you keep it? Do you uh, hold on to it? Or yeah, do you, you know, do you it, really want to drink that? It's signed. An interesting question, because actually um, we got three bottles this year from a um, politician on the other side of the uh, aisle, Ambassador mm. Ron Weiser, mm. who is a wine collector. And um, he gave us a 1921 Bur uh, Bordeaux wow. and two 1928 Riojas. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, the value of these things to collectors is huge. To a drinker is kind of low because they're probably vinegar. In fact, I can. In fact, the twenty-one I can guarantee is vinegar. Um, in fact, actually, I think all three I could guarantee are vinegar. Um, so actually, that one we're going to do a little separately. We're going to have a little silent auction item for that. I think because you know that, that is really for somebody who's interested in it for the collection right. purposes. Right. Uh -huh. um, but you know, yeah. Um, what do you do? You know, if you have something from last year, we had a Patrick Stewart, uh, wow. Picard. Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, uh, and you know, I don't know if the person who ended up with that bottle, uh, opened it or not. They That's, were, wow. yeah. So do you follow up? So this is the fourth year. Yeah. So, so you, do you have any idea what the, the first person who got the seller? Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, Andrew, we harass him every year and say, well, you won all those bottles of wine. You have to give us one this year. So, uh. <laughs> so yeah, we definitely follow up with the, the folks um, who have won. Um, because we get, expand every year, we get more and more bottles. Mm -hmm. um, what we started doing is a lot, it, the first year it was just one person, winner take all. Um, and it was about 60 bottles. Um, but uh, this year we'll be having um, one large collection. So the concept is still the same. Winner takes all. Mm. Um or, or winner to gets an instant wine cellar. But then um, we're going to have a whole bunch when we won't know until all the bottles are in how many, but a whole bunch of smaller prizes so that a lot of people can be winners. Oh, that's is great. this an Ann Arbor-based uh, group that's, that's doing this? Well, um, 
Uh, it's Martin and I who put this together, yeah. basically. How, um, how but it's for the con- HIV AIDS Resource Center. But how do you get in contact with all these big that. names? Uh, you know, over the years, we've gotten to know folks, and we just um, write them letters and say, please give us a bottle of wine. Uh-huh. Um, this year, we actually, the committee is not um, Martin and myself, but also uh, Jimena Loveluck, who's the executive oh, director and CEO mm-hmm. of ARC. Um, Carrie Reingens, who's their new... Mm-hmm. Um, their uh, fund development coordinator. Re- there you go. Thank you. And um, uh, Linda Lombardini from oh, Trillium, mm-hmm. who is uh, also on the board now. And last year, actually, she helped us a little bit at the end um, uh, with doing the calls, and she had so much fun. She said, I'm on that committee next That's year. That's so great. We've actually been working since last December. Um, we're going to um, do twice what we did last year. Things are going really well. Um, we, we do um, uh, um, event tickets are selling like mad. Um, still room for more, though, so if people are interested, they can still uh, join in. And where, where do um, I get those? Well, let's see. All of the information, if you go to the um, bookstore website, is glbtbooks.com. glbtbooks.com, and the information's on there. And you'll see a little button there about the Hark Wine Cellar. Click on that, everything you want to know about, you know, how to go to it, um, about the raffle tickets, all of that is right there. Um, raffle tickets, you need not be present to win. Hmm. Um, and uh, uh, so you can get those at Common Language, at... Um, uh, the Outbar at Trillium Real Real Estate, um, or by calling Hark. That's so great. You can still you can even if you're not going to go to the event, you can still uh, um, uh, participate in that way. Give us the date and location. The date is Thursday, November fifteenth. Hmm. It's six thirty to eight thirty. I was sibilant there, wasn't I? Uh, <laughs> 6.30 to 8.30. Uh, and it is at Everyday Cook, which is in the Carytown Market and Shops. Oh, right across the street from you, right? Exactly. So it's all in the Carytown neighborhood there, yeah. Wonderful. That's great. And then uh, the proceeds go to HIV, HIV AIDS, AIDS Resource Center. Center. And exactly. you, you need not be a wine expert to participate. Oh, absolutely not. We have people who, uh, um, it, it's it's such a fun event. I, you know, we're focusing so much on the fundraising part of it and mm-hmm. all of this. But it's a lot of fun. We have um, wine tasting tables. We get um, all these distributors in the area um, to donate um, wine. And they like to do it because Mary Campbell from Everyday Cook and Everyday Wine sells it right downstairs afterwards. So oh, if there's great. something you like, you can just go down and pick it up so they're happy to donate because it's good for them uh, mary's happy to donate the space because it's good for her um, we have live jazz um, in one room from the from jesse kramer trio in the smaller room we have uh, michael jenks doing some spinning uh-huh, like right. uh, remixed jazz stuff um, there's uh, food is from every, uh, food for all seasons and um uh, dine out catering and a chocolate fountain from Chocolade. Mm. Um, this just sounds like an event where I've got to be there. You oh, know? It, <laughs> it's, it really, you know, and it, it's, you know, it's a two hour event, so it's not like ah. you know, those dinners which go on all night yeah. long. And it, it's two hours, and at the end, everyone is like, that was just so much fun. That's great. So, and I love how, how much of a community sort of all in this is, right? So I'm looking at your yeah. honorary chairs, and oh, yeah. it looks like Liz Braden, Alma Wheeler Smith, Jim Toy. You know, our mayor, you know, they're they're all on here. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And um, that was that was a really um, great thing for us. We This was the first year we figured it was a mature enough event. Now we could start doing those things that will really help you raise the bar in terms of the fundraising, you know, getting the honorary mm-hmm. chairs and the sponsors and advertising in the booklet. And uh, on everything, we are ahead of our goals at this point. So we're really excited about the event, and it, it's just going to be a lot of fun. Well, well I, I, for one, like wine. Yeah, you like <laughs> two wine? Oh no, oh, I like no, two. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you there are going to be some incredible bottles there. Um, we have some um, wine aficionados who are um, uh, one woman um, and uh, my boss from many years ago. She and her late husband had visited uh, Ducros Beausoleil, which is one of the great Bordeaux um, uh, uh, vintners. Back in the 60s mm. when they um, first got together and every year they buy, they bought a case of Ducro Boussoulet. And she has, um, two years running, given us a, a 60s vintage Ducro Boussoulet. Oh, wow. Um, there are several other collectors who've just given us things that, you know, they're... You can talk about the dollar value, which sure. you know is three hundred, four hundred dollars a bottle, that type of thing. But uh, but the quality of the wine's incredible. Every, in fact, just before coming here, I was out um, picking up a bottle of champagne from Judy Dow, uh-huh. um, oh. who every year gives us a bottle of Diva Champagne. Nice. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, do you help people bring it home afterwards? Because I feel like that's a lot of wine. Uh, you yeah. know, I can't it, even oh, yeah. imagine. How, my... So, how long does wine last? And so let's if if a person wins uh, sixty bottles of wine, What's the time that you would have to consume that in for it to be? <laughs> <laughs> depends who's around. Yes. Um, the answer is really it all depends. Every bottle is going to be different. You know, some things are meant to be drunk very quickly. Um, others are meant to age. You know, so the Ducro Boussoulet's, you know, uh, 68 is still is going to be an incredible bottle of wine. Wow. But, you know, if you picked um, the, the same thing, um, you know, California Merlot from 68, it might not be so hot. Um, so it uh, all depends. Terrific. And the HIV AIDS Resource Center, it, uh, it's to benefit them. And uh, their website, I, I believe, is uh, is it r2hark.org? That's org. Correct. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's great. And so go to glbtbooks.com, and you can find out more information about the exactly. HARC. Exactly. There. There's that little logo right there. Click on that and, and find out everything you want to know. Wonderful. Great. Great. Okay, so we'll take a short break. You're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor Closets Are For Closed. We'll take a short break, and when we get back, let's talk a little bit about public displays of affection. Ooh. Mm, Yeah. Train with nobody I know. 
And we're back. Hello. Hello. You're listening to Closets Are for Clothes, WCBN FM and Arbor. And I love that song. Ah, it's, it's fun to move, isn't <laughs> it, it? It is. It's so that that you were just listening to Mika, um, Relax, Take It Easy from his new album, Life in Cartoon Motion. Um, and he's really awesome. So I encourage you to look him up. Um, his name is Mika, M-I-K-A. So we were just talking about the Ann Arbor Wine Cellar and about books. Mm. And, you know, I recently heard about this new book called uh, First Person Plural. And it's about, and Keith, help me out on this. It's about conjoined twins. It, exactly. Two male conjoined twins. One is gay and one is straight, and they share a penis. They do. Yes. Uh, um, in fact, I bet you heard about it from uh, from your coworker there, Kevin Corey. Yes. Uh-huh. Because uh, it's, it's Kevin, the book club this- exactly. It's the book club selection this month, and uh, they. Um, and and the author Andrew Byerly is going to be coming into town this coming weekend. Oh, that's great! And uh, so he's going to do a um, public thing on um, Saturday, four to six, mm-hmm. um, free and open to the public at uh, at Shout, which is the new performance space uh-huh, across right across from, the from, the from the, in Bron Court. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, right across from the bookstore, so bookstore and bar, so um, very convenient. All of that. In fact, it was kind of funny. We had uh, Sister Spit in there a week ago, mm. uh, and. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but that's uh, Michelle T, the lesbian spoken art, mm-hmm. uh, spoken word artist, poet, novelist, memoirist, um, and she has a, a big following because she's influenced so many people. And she goes on tour with these folks and does these spoken word things, and uh, and it was just a fabulous event there. But the reason I bring it up is just she has a new name for Brown Court. Uh-oh. She referred to it as the Homoplex. Oh. <laughs> and I've heard Gaberhood and the Gato. <laughs> well, you know, Ann Arbor needs that, though. <laughs> That's right. For, for goodness sakes. I mean, exactly. we need, we need The a... rainbow has to end somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It leads you there. <laughs> exactly. So, so have anyway, you read this so, book, so The First Person the... Plural? Yeah, and it is just an incredible book. Um, um, it's, you know, it sounds sort of like uh, some wacky sitcom, you know, hey, conjoined twins. One of them's gay, the other's not. Follow their wacky adventures. Um, uh, but, is it, but So is it funny? But or it, is... It, it, it certainly has, you know, it certainly has witty stuff in it, but it's um, uh, not so much, uh, it's not a comic novel. It really has more to do with um, queerness and gay identity. Um, yeah, I can see this and, as kind of an analogy to the struggle, the internal struggle mm-hmm. of a person who's gay I- living in a straight world or uh, not understanding or recognizing his identity and, and not sure which to develop, which to which to embrace at which time. And mm-hmm. then you have, you have mm-hmm. to be two different people, right? I- exactly. And there's, there are some very uh, interesting things that happen as a um, result. I mean, um, they're, they're actually, you know, um, because of the type of conjoined twins they are, this very rare type. Um, I was thinking maybe read a paragraph or two at the beginning. Do we have time for that? Or Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because it tells a little bit about the type of twins they are. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, um, it, why don't I do that first? Then we can. And so this is First Person Plural by? Uh, Andrew Byerly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's his second novel. His first one was Winter of Our Discotheque. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is a professional writer. He writes for the Orlando Sentinel. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, So this is just the opening paragraph here. My twin brother, Porter, and I have been inseparable since birth. That's not merely an observation. It's a diagnosis. 
We are conjoined twins. The technical term for our particular physiognomy is decephalus, which for all of its Latinate camouflage is most frequently translated as two-headed, a term both Porter and I find distasteful if accurate. We live cheek by jowl in what most people would consider one body. We have two heads attached to two necks and a single torso with separate spines fused at the pelvis. Within our single ribcage are three lungs, two gallbladders, two stomachs, and two hearts. An important distinction, two very different hearts. Wow. And uh, so, you know, as, they, as it goes on, there, there, there are things like, um, you know, as they discover their sexuality. And um, Porter, the straight one, um, uh, realizes at some point that, you know, Owen is turned on by men. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, he's... Um, in spite of the fact that he's kind of the jock of the two. Porter um, is. Porter is, uh-huh. exactly. In spite of all of this and a little bit of the, you know, everything that goes with it, that in the high school setting. Um, he's, you know, pretty cool about it in general. It's like, oh, okay. In fact, he sort of covers for Owen. But Owen is always suspicious. Is he covering because it would taint him? Because uh. he's connected to the gay one. Yeah, I can see so many you parallels in, in the in relationships with friends and everything else. Right. And and even things like, you know, as they start discovering themselves sexually, they do have to share this body. Mm. And, um, you know, so it's like okay for Owen to, like, ignore what Porter is doing, but the other way around, Porter's not so comfortable with. So... Um, you know, it's it's it really is a um, story that uh, has a lot more to it than just the potential sitcom. Yeah, it's, yeah. it wow. sounds a lot like an intellectual exercise. Yeah, and it's extremely well written. You just when when you start reading this, you will just be um, dragged into it. Well, that's great, and that and the author will be here this this weekend. Yes, this weekend, um, Saturday at um, at Shout four to six, mm-hmm. uh, four o'clock, and uh, we'll have a reception afterwards for um, for him. So it'll be a reading and book signing and all of that. Well, that's great. Yeah, first person plural, so pick it up. That's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. You know, um, on a, a similar but dissimilar note, I was watching, I was reading a, a blog that I I am off to read, and I heard about this social experiment on gays of course um because we're always we're what? So, there's people experimenting that's right on us? well it's because we're social and we experiment so oh. <laughs> so why not and um apparently abc news was doing the social experiment to see how how people reacted to um to gay and lesbian PDAs, public displays of affection. Mm. Well, how, when, when, when were they doing this? Uh, very recently. It was in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, oh, what a great place I to know. do it. For <laughs> like, gosh. hello. And so, oh. not, not. I mean, you know, we don't know all Birmingham. I know. I made a generalization. <laughs> but uh, my impression of that area is right. that it's a fairly conservative so. and that they wouldn't take too kindly to two guys kissing. Well, well, or two girls. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. So, well, you know, we'll talk about that. Yeah, here's <laughs> a little clip from the newscast. Exploring the possibilities. Birmingham Plastic Surgery, specializing in surgery of the breast, face, and body. Schedule your free cosmetic consultation today with Dr. Ben Johnson. Birmingham Plastic Surgery. 
National news crew makes a stop in the Magic City using hidden cameras and actors to prompt reactions from unsuspecting citizens. It created quite a stir this morning on Birmingham Southside. Fox 6 News reporter Melody Posey was there and joins us now to explain. Melanie? Well, Scott, it's gone now, but for the past two days, a huge white RV sat there on the corner across the street where the original Pancake House sits. Now a crew from the ABC News program, Primetime, had set up shop there. An ABC executive tells me they were shooting for a limited series called What Would You Do? And as Scott said, they hire actors to portray different scenarios, then gauge the community's reaction with the use of hidden cameras. Now, the ABC executive would not give specifics on what the series being shot here in Birmingham is about. However, a spokesperson in the Birmingham's mayor's office tells us it's dealing with public displays of affection. As we observed this morning, that includes affection shown between gay and lesbian couples. We saw two women sitting on a bench kissing from time to time. And a police officer who works this beat says he heard of similar situations yesterday when people approached him about what they saw. Uh, they just, uh, most of them uh, expressing their disgust about uh, male with males, uh, kissing or whatever. Uh, but as long as no one's breaking the law, uh, I have no problem with it. And the city of Birmingham has no problem with it. Now, the ABC spokesperson that I spoke with says that they take this series, What Would You Do, all across the country to make sure that their coverage is fair and balanced. Coming up at 6, we'll tell you what some merchants in the area think about it. And also, we'll tell you why one local politician says the whole program is just plain ridiculous. We're live in Southside tonight. Melanie Posey. Fox 6 News. Thanks, Mel. Our web poll question today on my Fox So that wow. was that was a little clip from from my Fox News out of Alabama. And you know, they um after that little section, and by the way, we don't endorse Dr. Ben Johnson. Yeah, that was an accident. That was an sorry. A live accident. Live accident. <laughs> um so they asked this on this web poll, like, what do you think about gays and lesbians kissing in public? And, and one person said, you know, what am I supposed to tell my children? How am I supposed to explain mm-hmm. um, when my child sees two men kissing and asks about a mommy and a daddy? Wait, yeah, those are valid. Those are valid yeah. questions. If I, you know, if I had grown up and been exposed from birth, basically, to seeing same-sex people showing intimate affection... To the same degree that mm-hmm. I was shown heterosexual mm-hmm. uh, or opposite gender people showing affection with each other, I think I would have uh, been better educated, and I think I would have been more comfortable with my own sexuality and coming out and in the whole well, maybe I wouldn't even or have had to come out okay, by that yeah. because um, I'll tell you, I didn't see, I don't think I saw uh, two men kissing until sometime in college hmm. and i hadn't seen any movies on on television or anything but i just happened to be in an apartment where i was and i had already kind of been sort of out and questioning and kind of wondering and not really sure about this new strange world um and this was in in uh, college time my early college days and i was looking out of my apartment window and it was the evening and it was a pool out there at this apartment complex and i was looking down at the pool and there were two guys swimming Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of watching them because I like swimming, <laughs> and uh, and it was an interesting scene just to watch. And then all of a sudden, I saw them sort of embrace and they kissed each other, and I thought, "Whoa, wait a minute!" And it was kind of a it was kind of a revelation to me that this. Did you feel embarrassed? No, I didn't feel at all embarrassed, really? but I, I I felt intrigued. I thought this is really interesting. I thought, you know. 
I want I want to get more. I want to see more of this. I want to I want to I want to find out what's going on with this. Mm-hmm. And and so that was sort of like a, a doorway, oh. because up until that time. Uh, it wasn't something I regularly saw. I mean, and it wasn't really on television at the time. Uh-huh, and it right. wasn't, you know, we didn't have, it wasn't, Ellen wasn't around, <laughs> you know. Showing, well, even now, Ellen doesn't, stuff. you know. Well, yeah, that's yeah. right. She doesn't do, do it so much on television. But it wasn't, it, was the, it hadn't hit fashion and, and hype yet, mm-hmm. like it maybe has It wasn't now. in, quote unquote, mainstream. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I just think, had I grown up, let's say, as a five-year-old or as a 10-year-old or whatever, and maybe I had two gay uncles or maybe I had a, a, a gay relative I knew about and it wasn't this hush-hush thing. You know, it's it's the hush-hush idea and mentality uh-huh. that creates insecurity in people, a lack of education. Right. And it's... it's and the lack of knowledge leads to, like, assumptions which are incorrect. Silence equals yeah. death. Sure. And, it, uh, and it just simply, it distorts reality mm-hmm. by being silent and not 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 telling people about it i just think i would have been better uh it would have been a better growing up for me had i seen that early on then it would have been such a shock right maybe. it's about example you know. seeing people like you and successful people successful yeah. and i probably would have been in a relationship much earlier you know <laughs> right. I just, well you know in high school i probably would have been in a in a, in a dating some guy in high school mm-hmm. just like anyone mm-hmm. else might so and, and it is uh, interesting that um, you know we look at how, how much more gays are in the media now. You mentioned Ellen, and you know Ellen will even mention Portia on her show, but you don't see the public dis- displays of affection mm-hmm. between them. Much like you know, how long did it take before Will from Will and Grace even got a date, let alone yeah, doing and anything? Yeah, and he's not even you know, real. Yeah, right, he's not even a real guy. You know, this right, this whole thing the- about uh, you know actors portraying gay people. Why we don't have enough gay people who want to be on camera? Uh, this ABC right. News thing, I think they mentioned that there are cameras present and they have actors doing this. Uh-huh. Are, are, are they gay actors? I would think they, hopefully they have them now, but... Uh, and what oh, they they've do? always had them. <laughs> well, well, what I mean is use, using them for, for gay stuff. You know? Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, and, and people are giving their reaction on camera. And I think that can easily be an entirely different opinion when it's given on camera than it would be maybe as they personally feel. Well, and, you know, I think the other thing is I bet they wouldn't have done it if they thought the reactions they were going to get were going to be any sorts of positive. Yeah. If it was in San Francisco, they wouldn't right. have been any news. Right. 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 Or any other big like city, you know, yeah. it would, you know, I'm go sure. Where, go where something is sensational. Right. So they're making it. They went to Birmingham, Alabama, which perhaps they thought it was, maybe they thought it was the the last battlefront. <laughs> and maybe that's why. Maybe they're, maybe they're actually trying to gauge how far along are we in society now that it's, what, is it that's still That's a upsetting? pleasant benefit of the doubt, but I, I doubt <laughs> yeah. that that's what right. they're trying to gauge. Yeah. Right. So, so Keith, you know, I'm going to ask you a, a personal question. Sure. You and Martin been together for... 21 years. And do you ever show personal uh, public displays of affection? Um, we do in certain settings. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, it's um, it's interesting because I think it's one of those th- differences between, like, you know, being in a gay setting and being in a gay-friendly sure. setting. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, Ann, oh, Ar- okay. Ann, Ar- Ann Arbor is gay-friendly, you know. And you can get away with a certain amount of public displays of affection just about anywhere. Yeah, mm. what affection um, are we talking about? But... Well, that's what I was going to say. Certain um, public displays, you know. I mean, I, I don't feel um, awkward at all, like, at an event with our, uh, you know, arms around um, each other or over, you know, when you're at a movie theater or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but, you know, hey, if you are if you go out to a um, restaurant with a significant other, 
chances are you're going to draw some stares if right. you do anything mm -hmm. Even even like uh, too much holding hands, that mm. sort of thing. And they they really we do have a long ways to go yet in terms of being sure, able and to. You have to gauge your safety like, too, right? And exactly. I know that when I'm you know out with with friends, with my gay friends especially, and we're at a you know quote unquote straight bar or whatever, like I I tend to make a point of like saying hello and kissing them on the cheek and hugging right. them and and embracing them, right? Because part of me is just like you know what I'm not gonna go anywhere. And I'm out more out now than I ever had in my life, and I'm not going to go in the closet. Would you do that there. in Birmingham, Alabama? You know, I don't know Birmingham, Alabama. Like, I don't know if I'd like. I, I think I'd have to gauge so you you would have to gauge it to be a safe area Absolutely. before you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. you're not you maybe not be you wouldn't be as brazen. Out well, there. and safety is relative, right? Because who knows? Like, if I leave like a straight bar in Arbor and having just like embraced my friends or kissed on the cheeks, I could still be you know, attacked or so on and so forth. So it's no guarantee, but, you know. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because it does still happen in, in this area. What what kind of affection do you think is appropriate in, let's say, Ann Arbor? Hmm. Well. <laughs> what I'm planning on doing is moving across the map. Sure. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, a lot of times I, I frame first when I talk to students, like, you know, do you do do you think that I could walk down the street with my boyfriend's hand in mine walking downhill where the fraternity houses are? You know? Or walking in the athletic campus or so on and so forth. Like, do you think that it would matter? And so I I think it's sad, but even in neighborhoods, right? So Carytown, I think it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. So. All right, let's yeah. move. Let's move west on I ninety four now to to, uh, <laughs> to uh, this is the traffic report to to, to, to Grass Lake. I, I don't know Grass Lake. Uh, <laughs> it's a small community that's east of Jackson. Um. All right, so you don't know it. All right, so, so Jackson. <laughs> I, well, well, I don't know. Well, I do, and I would say it would be very uncomfortable to at Grass Lake to to engage in a public dis display of affection there. Mm -hmm. I know gay people who live in the area, mm. but in that the center of town. Uh, when you know, uh, I I agree with you. Yeah. But when does it become safe, and what makes Ann Arbor safe? Is it just because you have a sense there's more gay people around? I don't really have a sense walking through the diag that fifty percent or thirty percent or whatever number is there as a gay population, mm -hmm. and and who knows what you know? Here we are in a university town that could be just you know it could be a a a radical. Uh, you know, movement right around the corner that's ready to, to jump on you, right? You know, that's really interesting because sa I think safety really is subjective, even though people try to make it as objective. Like, so, for example, last year, my hometown, St. Louis, was rated, like, the most dangerous city in the nation. Right? Wow. And I'm like, I'm from St. Louis. Like, I don't think I'm any more tough than any other person who, in any other city, right? And, you know, it's the most dangerous city in the nation. It's, like, so, like, you know... So what? And I think, and I still feel safe there. Would, so, and would you feel, so you would feel safe showing a gay public display of affection in St. Louis? Well, I was just talking about safety. Just general like safety. Violence, okay, right? like you can walk downtown without being, without being mugged. I feel like I could, yeah. yeah. And I think that, now, that might also be like a product of male privilege or whatever else. Um, but, uh, and I think similar to here, I think, it, unfortunately, it would be a matter of, um, where, what context, where am I, you know, which is sort of how gay people live their lives, right? I, can I be out here? I don't know. Where am I? You know? 
Yeah, and and I've mentioned this before, and and that is um, uh, at the time I was dating somebody, and we were walking around Ann Arbor. Oh yeah, you and we you we were holding hands. Them, right? mm-hmm. Well, we were holding hands together, but I noticed while we were holding hands, I intentionally walked fast. We were walking quickly through the street so that people would only have time to observe it. And then they'd have to, you know, we'd be gone before it would hit, you know, before they'd have a chance to think about it. We'd be out of their sight. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, when, I, when I'm at a restaurant or some, at some function and, uh, and I see uh, two women, two guys, whatever, and they're showing just some type of romantic affection for each other, mm-hmm. whether it's a small kiss, whether it's holding hands, or whether, you know, they're at a restaurant, they kind of have their hands intertwined, and they're mm-hmm. just looking in each other's eyes with a dreamy, far-off look. That I, I smile to that. Absolutely. And I think it's so... I totally I, 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 I love, love it. That. I yeah. love it. I love it. Because, uh, you know, part of me is says, like, good for you. It makes me happy it, to see yeah. that. It really does. Oh, gay and, people in love. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. And, you know, I'm thinking about this, this, um, this quote-unquote social experiment, right, about how people react to gays kissing each other. You know, I, I reflect on it and I think, like, okay, so what if it were an interracial couple, like, and this was... 30, 40 years ago, right? You know, or, or it's interesting you mentioned that, and this is kind of related to the Star Trek idea. Uh, but uh, I was talking. I am going to make another Star Trek reference <laughs> <laughs> because um, we started with we, Nimoy. We're, we're com- <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're comfortable now seeing all kinds of affection on television. It, it, it can be very graphic, and and there's still this. Uh, there's a little bit of discomfort as far as gay mm-hmm. uh, uh, relationships go. But, um, you know, seeing an interracial kiss on television, not a big deal anymore, right? No. Mm-mm. In fact, you, it's big deal. It's no, it's no longer news, right? And the first interracial kiss on television was, was on Star Trek. No way. Between Uhura and Captain Kirk. Wow. And that, and You're it, a nerd. And that was only... <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about that. And so that, that was the mid-1960s. <laughs> but have we, have we come a, f- a long way since then? Huh. I wonder when the first same-sex kiss was on TV. Anyone know? Ooh, that's a good that's a good trivia question. Oh. I'll have to find that one out. But um, it was Captain Kirk. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> it wasn't. But uh, I would say, and 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 maybe you'll agree with me. I would say that the public is more comfortable seeing two women embrace and kiss and all that stuff than two men. Mm-hmm. And is it because it's creating insecurity with one's masculinity Hmm. yeah (laughs) i think so (laughs) i think so um in a very generalized statement yeah i I would say there's definitely some correlation there and so where what is the mechanic of that is it is is seeing two men kiss is that how is that a threat to another one's masculinity does that mean that that the, the person is feeling like they're losing or it's it's going to be taken away from them or they're no longer masculine if they permit or allow this thing to go on why does it create the anger well i think that if you draw the draw if you follow the string to its source right so we're talking about two men kissing we're talking about deconstructing what traditional masculinity how it acts how it's performed right and traditional masculinity is a deep rooted source of power and power is held by men, right? In 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 the in its you know, in this heteronormative masculinity society, it's held by men. So I think it's so it can be said it's a threat to the power structure. 
which is, you know, stupid. No. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, you're you're getting at the root of homophobia, and if you you right. really had the answer for that, then you know, then we we could we could end homophobia. Let's now. come up with the answer right. on this show tonight. <laughs> Tomorrow, cancer. <Yeah. laughs> you know, and it's interesting because you know, you're saying that uh, people are more comfortable with two women kissing than men. You know, I'm thinking about it because I I tend to watch. You know my stories on TV, the daytime soaps, and several of the soaps now have gay men, gay T- male characters. Yeah, token, token. Well, in relationships. So, but it's very interesting because they're these like super shiny, like pretty, you know, very like they're they're gay people who don't challenge how how people think gay people should be. So they're like pretty, and they. Like they're not like tattooed or quote unquote freaks or they're not like you know normal people. Mm-hmm. They're 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 pretty and shiny. They're they're Ken dolls. So like even that like and and even uh, going back to the the book world manga mm. the oh. the um, you know it's this homoerotic um, graphic um, Japanese graphic Japanese, novels mm-hmm. exactly and these are in general written by women and written for. Young women, like especially teenage and um, early 20s women, are the ones who just gobble this stuff up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure exactly what that means, other than um, the, the characters in it are very feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the male like, characters in it are, exactly, are very feminine. So, like you say, there, it's, it's not because it sort of adopts those stereotypes and because it's for this certain audience, mm-hmm. somehow that's an acceptable um, portrayal of homosexuality. Within at least a certain cultural context, mm-hmm. um, whereas you know, if it were two grown uh, masculine men um, engaging in homoerotic mm-hmm. behavior mm-hmm. Um, and was being sold at the same place that uh, you know the businessmen were buying their things, sure. as opposed to where the um, the housewives were buying theirs, um, it it would be a very different cultural reaction. I I didn't realize that manga was written by women mostly. Uh, almost exclusively. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Do I'm, I feel like I've been away for a while? Do we still do the the queer the uh, queer kissing? Um, uh, didn't had didn't happen this year yet. Um, I think the last one we did was two years ago. Oh well, we got to change that. <laughs> Queer's got to kiss. <laughs> yeah, but you know, move but it away from the is, diag. Push well, the push the envelope here. You know, everywhere, move it right? to Main Street. Well, because yeah. the other thing is like, <laughs> do we want it to be a spectacle? Like, is that really mm. like helping? Well, you know, f- well, one issue is, is it our job to help straight people feel comfortable with gays kissing, you know? Well, And the I'll other part you. of it is, like, do we want to get a bunch of people together and have them kiss in this one massive movement and then, you know, it'd be gone. So people only have to tolerate it for that half hour. Well, and I see the both sides of it, so from I don't the, know. From the perspective of, of, be, of teaching, um, I've done a lot of teaching, and, and I feel that uh, a gentle, supporting, nurturing method is better than a shock method. And would you call the kiss in a shock method? It, w- it may be, yeah. It may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and, and yeah, you're right, maybe it is kind of a spectacle. So how do we educate, how do we educate straight America uh, and, and as far as making them comfortable with queer affection? Well, I think that part of it is our allies know that they need to be educated. So we're not going to educate someone. I mean, well, our allies don't need the education. Well, mm, I don't know. Some some of our allies do, <laughs> but um, I think that it, it happens. Um, 
you know, actually, the HRC has this little book called the Straight Guide, the Straight Guide to GLBT Americans, right? Um, and you know, I think giving people permission to be unpolished and for them to mess up and to ask questions, I think that's a huge step. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and you know, it's constantly on all these fronts, like the end front, the marriage front, the disability rights front, the HIV front, that work needs to be done right so well i expect this this uh this news piece which we saw which it looks like a very re- i think it came out a couple of days ago actually mm-hmm. Just, uh yeah. they mentioned it's abc news it's primetime live that's a news series which usually on around 10 p.m i think on on thursday yeah, and i have no idea when it's gonna air but it's very interesting probably in a probably in a week or two yeah if i know their schedule pretty well so we'll see so watch yeah. out for it and see and hopefully they go to different cities right? yeah and and you know you i hope they do but for God's sake, show affection with each other. Hold hands. Hold kiss. hands. Kiss. Just share show, ice cream. Share the love. That's right. Well, we'll see you all next week. You've been listening to Closets Are Foreclosed, WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Thanks a lot to Dave and Keith for being here. Nice being here. Glad right. to be here. Thank you, Keith. Oh, my pleasure. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Closets Are For Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbnclosets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhage, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else.
Look at his suit. I know, and his shoes. They're so cool. Don't you just love his shirt? Yes, I think it's silk. With no time to spare, as a man rowing upon a shoreless lake, never slowing the pace, but never spying land. I am, as most people, I suppose, lost, not knowing why. But I need to know. 